last time on Almost Heroes. Zephyr confronted me about the knowings of Zephyr being impersonated or something. I had no idea about it. I reminded him that we are working to help him and the Baron. But uh, Zephyr just decided to float away. Immediately, I relayed that information that I told him nothing to Glenn and Fangrim. Before I go back into hiding while I wait for my friends, I discover that once again, age-old trinket, the scratched-up golden coin. Meanwhile, Rangrim and Glynn are led by Randy as far as the path goes before going into the palace kitchen. At, before entering, Randy warns them of the deep cells. Whatever this is sounds scary. Making their way through the palace, they incapacitated a few guards, had a close encounter with the Emperor in the kitchen, before continuing their stealth-ish journey through the palace. Arriving into the library, they begin their search for the item for a massive labyrinth of a Finding the valuable section of the library, they also realize they are not alone as a humanoid of some kind is heard across the way sipping on what sounds like a freshly fetched beverage of the Emperor. Thanks to Rangrim's appraiser's eye, he's able to quietly pinpoint the right book. Cutting the glass and lifting the book out of the case, leaving behind a handful of small statues of the Seven, and we're in the clear. Until the alarm sounds. And that is where we left off. Thank you very much, Bobby. That brings us to episode 98, Best Laid Plans. So when we last left off our Almost Heroes story, Glenn and Rangrim had managed to get their hands on the Emperor's original copy of the Titans book, but set off the palace alarms in the process. Meanwhile, Cosmo is outside the gates with uh, the gates of the palace walls, looking on as the glass dome of the palace begins to flash red and the alarm blares. So, picking up inside the palace first, Rangrim and Glynn, you are standing next to the glass cylindrical enclosure that uh, used to contain uh, the copy of the Titans. Uh, that you've removed. Um, it contains other books as well, um, but, you know, things have kind of quickly spiraled out of control as the cylinder that the uh, the pedestal that, the, actually the small pedestal that the book had been leaning against had sunken in and the alarm had started to blare. Um, so you, you find yourself, the room is just flashing red um, and just pretty much as that's happening, you start to hear movement behind you, but not like movement of feet, like shifting of large objects. And as you look around, you see that the bookcases themselves have begun to shift and move and rotate. And within a matter of seconds, they have encircled you completely, closing off any way of getting out. And then simultaneously, you start to feel the floor rotate almost like like kind of like it's spinning in a circle around this central pillar 
in a kind of centrifuge uh, motion. It's starting slow, but it is picking up speed. Uh, with that, I'm gonna pass it over to you. What are you guys doing? We're still in the dead center. Um, does it look like the rotation starting to pick up or is it like it's just this consistent shifting? Uh, you see that um, basically, you know, the floor, so picture uh, basically from the top now, if you were looking straight down through the circular dome, the bookcases have lined up with basically the outer rim of the dome, like filling, so there's really no, like they go all the way to the ceiling. So there's no no spot for you to go over them. Um, the, the kind of purple carpet that you were standing on with this uh, cylindrical uh, case in the center for these rare books. And the, this carpet is like, if you were looking straight down at it, it's spinning like a wheel. Uh, and you're standing in the middle of it on the carpet, holding on to this, uh, this center cylinder. Um, and you can already see like around the sides, you can see the chairs and small tables are starting to lean against the, and kind of slide up against the bookcases on the wall. Uh, both still invisible. Glenn's going to kind of whisper over to Rangrimbeck. I think we should try to get on top of one of these bookcases. We're just going to get pinned against them. And I'm hoping he can see the, my, my footsteps in the plush. Uh, Glenn's going to start like running towards one of the stairs or one of the, like the chairs that might be like up against the bookcase. He's going to try to get on top of probably like the first wall of bookcases that are near him. Okay. Um, roll me, if you are running over towards it um, and trying to keep, make sure that well, you're- I mean, stealthily. He'd be like running as fast as you can do stealthily. Like he's not sprinting. He's like- Okay. Um, as far as you can tell, you're the only ones in this room. And it seems like this, because of the alarm sounding in this specific area, it has like, it has militarized against you guys to enclose you. Like it's very, very obvious that this is a direct reaction to enclose you guys. Um, and so as you're moving your way over there, uh, just hold me a dexterity stick throw to make sure to see if you can, uh, while the floor is moving beneath you, you can make your way over. Nice. Great. 15 plus nine, 20. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're able to make your way to the wall. Um, I think you land like, like kind of, you press your hands against it. Um, and you, I mean, it's not at full uh, centrifuge at this point, but you can tell like you are being kind of like, you. it's easy to lean against this bookshelf right now. And Glenn's going to start to climb the bookshelf and to like kind of make it obvious where he went. Uh, if Frank Grimm wasn't able to pick up on it, he's going to like knock a couple books off the shelf. So it's kind of obvious okay. where um, Rangram would absolutely try to follow suit. Okay, uh, roll Seeing me that. Nonsense uh, that's happening in this room. If, <laughs> if you're running, uh, it's a dexterity saving throw. If you're going to try to like crawl over there, I'll, it'll be a strength saving throw. I uh, yeah, I think Rangram's going to go strength. He's crawling, slow crawl. The stealth ain't been working for him. Okay. So just like a straight strength save. <laughs> strength saving uh -oh. throw, yeah. What do you got there? That's an uh, an eight. eight an eight. Eighteen? Did you stutter? I wish. Okay. <laughs> so what did you, what was what was the original roll? A five. Okay. Cool. Um, you uh. Five plus a bunch. <laughs> 
uh, uh, Glenn, you see, uh, you see Rangrim start to move his way over there. And like, I think pretty quickly, uh, lose, lose his, like, as this floor kind of starts to spin faster, you see him kind of tip sideways and just kind of start doing a thing where the floor is moving and he's just rolling kind of in place <laughs> on the floor. Um, as these books, like literally are starting to stick, like the, the books that you knocked down, Glenn have started to like, they fell down and they're starting to like, just kind of stick to the wall. Okay. Um, Glenn, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Roll me a constitution uh, saving throw, Rangrim. While he's doing that, can I scan the room? Are there any other, well, actually the room's scanning for me. Uh, are there any uh, other glass cases outside of this circular bookcase area? There's nothing else like in the study. Nope. It's just there's a study was, in the was, middle and then just, okay. Yeah. What'd you get? Uh, that was a sixteen on the con save. Okay, you're good. You don't, you don't, you don't uh, throw up uh, while you're basically in the tumble dry. Good, 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 good. And this was like an, a labyrinth of bookcases. Are all the bookcases rotating in the same way, or are they like crossing? You can't. So the lab, the the bookshelves have all turned and moved to essentially make a big circle around you. Oh, they're just um, purely a big circle. Yeah, you don't know what the ones on the outside of this have done, but you know that the ones on the inside are spinning with the floor. Well, are not? Am I not on top of the bookcase? You are. No, yeah, yeah, you are. But the the bookcase goes to the ceiling, and uh, it's basically so if you. Directly above you is the dome, is the glass dome. And uh, like this, it, it, this has essentially, these bookcases have lined up with the outer ring of the dome. So, hmm. and it, they filled, they, they're all the way to the ceiling. So right above you is the glass dome, um, but it's, there's no way like over them or around them or anything. It's just up into the dome, essentially. It's, it trapped you in this like kind of, uh, so I have a yeah. bookcase ladder to the to the glass. Basically. Yeah, you are essentially at the glass right now, but the glass is not spinning. So you're just whipping around it as as you're kind of uh, sitting on top of the you're like essentially on top of this bookcase while Rangram uh, spins on the bottom. Uh, I'm gonna give you a uh, Rangram. I'm gonna give you another strength uh, saving throw to see if you can write yourself here. Yeah, how far below me? So if you, sorry, go for it. Uh, is the floor? Like and so is everything moving at like the same rate? Like the whole yes. room is spinning. Yep. Think of think of the uh, the cylinder. So like I'm spinning the at axle. the same rate as like BK is. I'm sorry, as uh, Glenn is on the uh, bookshelf, right? Yes. BK is also there. Okay. He's puking. He's just also, in the corner. That's cool. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> uh, so I want to. I'm gonna. Ringram's gonna keep trying to climb towards that bookshelf to get closer to Glenn. Uh, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to use some of the pitons that I have to like write myself in the floor as I'm like I love it. pulling myself uh, forward. I'll give you advantage on the strength saving throw for that. Hopefully I don't need that. I needed that. Ooh. <laughs> oh, geez. Natural 20. Hey. Uh, with a, with a natural twenty, you're able to uh, you're able to write yourself with these pitons. I mean, these these dark steel pitons stick directly into the ground as if it's um, like literally knife through butter, and they just like give you a perfect purchase. Um, with that, I'm going to say that if you want to try to like use it as a jumping off point to try to get yourself, I, I'll say you're probably no more than like ten feet to the wall. So it's kind of your you have a solid handhold. However, you want to utilize that. Um, 
you have free range? Uh, I think if he felt comfortable going through, like writing himself up right with these <laughs> into the like floor, he would definitely try to jump to grab onto the bookshelf and try to bring himself up to Glenn's location. Awesome. Roll me athletics. Okay, not bad, not bad, not bad, not bad. 15. Uh, I think, that, yeah, with the, with 15 and with your solid footing, you're able to uh, jump and just like, and just stick to the wall, like all fours, just kind of like squat against the wall. Um, and like with your stout dwarven form, are able to basically just stick to it. Uh, I think that you are, so if you're looking at this, like, um, you know, like four quadrants here, um, I think that you are like, 90 degrees away uh, like around the circle from uh from glenn currently uh you're not like right next to him right or right below him because of how well well no because of no because you were tumble drying yeah so you wouldn't have been on the same area as glenn. tumble drying yeah yeah um so yeah you're, i'm gonna say you're you're like essentially like a quarter way around the circle from glenn uh but you're like okay, halfway up the bookcase fair um Awesome. Um, I'm going to go, uh, as you guys have kind of made your way to the bookcase, I'm going to go to the outside. Uh, Cosmo, you are standing there holding this, this medallion in your hand that you look, obviously, with gloves over it and your, your armor and everything like that. Um, but you're holding this thing you've seen a couple times, uh, this, this medallion that's, that's scratched up. This one, it looks very similar uh, to you. I don't know how much time you spent with it. I know that Glenn mostly spent time with it. Um, so I don't know if you would recognize like minute differences in it. Um, but yeah, I don't think that I would other than, uh, it's general scratched gold coin. I don't think that Cosmo would pass a, yeah, it's like a dark tungsten or any kind of check to, uh, ensure that, that he knows a thing or two about it. So he just knows generally. But uh, your your attention on that coin is is taken you know taken away almost immediately by this flashing red dome that you know that two of your uh, very good friends happen to be in. Um, so seeing that Cosmo, uh, what do you do? Uh, Cosmo immediately is just like, "Are you guys all right? Hello, there's noises and alarms and bells ringing." What did you do? Uh, Cosmo, uh, you hear there is no response uh, from that. And you can tell that for whatever reason, there is magical interference that is not allowing you to communicate with them right now. Magical interference. Look at the it sounds like crackling static. Like you can, there's, can some, I there's see some sort of interference. Or do I see anything other than this red alarm going off? Do I see guards no. moving? Do I see... Not from where you're at currently, because you are outside the gates. Um, you're you're way outside of the inner city. Um, you're basically like sitting, like I, I think if we look at the map, you're up somewhere up near. Yeah, I'm um, just over the wall by um... location ten ish, like just on the other side of, like basically. I had it actually just... above nine. In my head, because that was where uh, they went. Uh, they came out the poop shoot or something. No, so you uh, you guys entered into just below the um, uh, the arena. So you would have been just north of location three. 
Okay. Uh, on I mean, the other side of the wall. Same story, different chapter. Okay. Um, I think if there's nothing going on, like Cosmo, they didn't really establish a backup plan. So, um, I think at the time, for the time being, I think Cosmo is just going to drop down to the cart and he's just going to kind of be in the driver's seat okay. and, um, Ready. I mean, one one thing yeah. you notice is that those uh the the uh you know it's nighttime. Those wheels are illuminated, and the hooves of the, the donkeys are illuminated with uh with the violet light. So um it there it's not just a ground uh, a ground uh you know egress that you have the option but, of. Just just wanted to point that out. Um, I will ask this question then. Only because I'm not as up to speed on how the whole flying mechanic works. I've usually just been a passenger in that, uh, not an active participant. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I have to have a ramp to take off or do they just like, we just do? Um, if you have enough runway, you don't need the ramp to take off. Uh, I think that that's been Glenn's uh, fun thing to like give you guys a quicker launch into the sky. Um, oh, okay. It's more of like a style thing than it is actually completely necessary. Uh, what will be completely necessary, though, is an animal handling check without advantage, which usually, I mean, not disadvantage, but just you won't have advantage like Rangram normally does. Right. Um, looking at some, looking at my character sheet, seeing what I got. Or I mean, if you uh, if you have a strong argument for any reason why you should have an advantage, you're obviously always more than welcome to no, do so. I mean, Bobby saw Top Gun. Now Cosmo wants to fly. <laughs> I sure. think that's a good reason for advantage. Bobby saw Top Gun. Right? Yeah, that's, that's fair. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Weirdly enough, that that is that is crazy. That again, that Mandela effect. That's actually from Top Gun. Mm-hmm. You need a boost. <laughs> Use the boost, get through. Anyways. Yeah, when when Peppy dies, Top Gun, I just really. <laughs> when Peppy dies, Fox. Right, Code Maverick, Fox, same thing. Um, yeah. Cosmo, he gets down and and just, uh, I don't know. I think he, for whatever reason, like we'll talk to the dog. What do you? Should we? Should we try and get into the air, or do we want to stay on the ground? Yeah, I don't talk with animals. So, um, for now, nothing. For now, we you just, talk with Steve, though. We do talk with Steve. Um, Steve can be your translator. Maybe does he speak horse or a mule? Uh, yeah, I think you we just stay at the ready. Me. I think we stay at the ready, but we don't do anything. Okay, okay, but you've uh, you've ready the cart. You are you're ready to react. Um. Uh, if, yes. if I'll say you're basically holding your action right now, and your action is uh, saving your friends potentially. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, back into uh, back into the uh, the whirling dervish that is uh, both Rangrim and Glynn's current uh, existence. Um, you both are starting to uh, give me Constitution saving throw, both of you. Uh, Fifteen. Nineteen. Thought he said fifty. Fifty. <laughs> Um, you guys are both plus uh, a bunch. <laughs> uh, 
Glenn, you your stomach's starting to feel a little queasy. Um, but uh, you know, Rangram, you've you know you you're fine. You've uh, you've dealt with worse. Uh, you've you you basically have a, a, a iron stomach at this point. Um, Glenn is going to cast Mage Hand. Uh, does that work? Uh, yeah, you're you're able to cast. Effect? Yeah, you can cast Mage Hand. Okay. Um, and with Mage Hand and Glenn gripped onto the books, he's going to like with his Mage Hand pull <laughs> the glass carver from his pocket, and okay. he's just going to stab into the dome <laughs> and just start making like a slow triangle or something like whatever is the most basic shape that will fit both Rangrim and Glenn. Um, um, the the dome is not moving, so it is stationary. So you're spinning and it is moving. So well, the you are moving would, though. So the oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so I will say this. Um, the the mage hand is uh, is stabbing the glass carver into it, and it's making the the mo- motions like it would be if it's cutting something. But as you come back around to it again, and you just get like the, uh, uh, and you're seeing it as you kind of whip around, uh, you are not seeing you are not seeing any uh, any like it's not making any progress. Uh, or it's, if it is, it is like imperceptibly slow. Whatever uh, whatever is happening right here. Um, so there seems to be some sort of barrier. Uh, that is uh, that is taking place. Uh, okay, so yeah, can I do an Arcana check to see if there is a barrier of some kind? A Absolutely. Barrier? Yep. Uh, that's not great. Uh, a seven. So uh, looks like the the knife might not be working in this situation. Grant, do you have any ideas of how we can get through this glass? And I think Rangroom just kind of like on top of the bookshelf across from Glenn, just like, like, you know, <laughs> pinned to the wall. Like, yeah, he's not, he's not puking, but he's not having fun. And, uh, um, hold on a second. And he's gonna slam his hammer down on the top of the bookshelf. And I'm going to cast uh dispel magic. At okay. Fourth level. Okay. Um, Yes. So can you read to me uh, Dispel Magic real quick and then let me know what level it's going to dispel? What level? Yes. So so choose one creature, object, or magical effect within range. Um, any spell of third level or higher, yada, yada, yada. But at higher levels, when you cast the spell using a spell slot of fourth level or higher, I, you automatically end the effects of a spell on the target. If the spell's level is equal to or less than the level of the spell slot I cast. So I cast okay. fourth level the spell magic. Uh, it's instantaneous. So I, I know it has to be on a point. So I'm assuming I would just cast it like on the floor as if the entire room seems to be spinning as like one um, okay. mechanism, if you will. Okay. So you're casting it on. So that's this is a this is a good. So ha, what, sorry, what's so you you can cast it on one thing or as an AOE effect? It's not like an area of effect thing. I'd have to okay. actually select a okay. target. So the target would be like the room itself, I guess you'd say, because if okay. it's all spinning is one thing. Uh, I will give you this. There is a there's going to be a difference between. Uh, I'll give you the option to either cast it on the floor or the dome. Oof. Ow. My feelings. Um, 
dum dum dum. Uh, the dome. Okay. Um, and uh, sorry, what what level spell does it dispel uh, immediately? And then what would you have to roll uh, against? Uh, so immediately, anything fourth level or lower is immediately dispelled. Okay. And then what if it's higher than that? I don't like that question. <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, like that one. I think it's ten plus the level. So it's like a six level spell. It'd be like a sixteen spell save. Uh, the DC is ten plus the spell's level. Oh wow! So if it so like if it's it, so if it was a so if it, it was a fifth level spell so if it's it'd be was 15. a fifth level it'd be, you'd have to roll mm-hmm. fifteen and it, it's against your spell save DC or yes uh, for each spell above for each spell of fourth level or higher on the target uh, make an ability check using your spell casting ability the DC okay. equals ten plus the spell's level so actually I actually have to make the check save roll, I have roll, to make the uh, save to dispel it. Roll, uh, make that roll for me, Rangrim. Oh, I've been rolling so bad. That means it's got to better around sometime. Roll better. Oh, that's cocked. Yeah, it is. Um, and I have to roll what? I have to roll something. So plus your modifier, so plus five. Okay, so What's... we got a 19. Rangrim, you uh you like spinning around in a circle just like and you uh you basically just like <laughs> you slam that hammer down and you just Glenn you see like just almost like a sh- like a, a, a shattering of like uh like a shimmering veil that like you didn't know was there it just kind of like starts to dissolve this this layer of uh, protection that was around the inside of the dome um, and as it does you see the glass carver just chink through and make, start making a Finally like get the tri- yeah the triangle as it's cutting through as that happens you guys see in the side of the in the side of the like the bookcases on one side basically uh, op- I will say opposite directly opposite Glenn um, you see a doorway that start like two of these bookcases slide aside and you start getting this like as uh, like view of like the hallway beyond you can see a massive column of soldiers being led by some central figure in the front that is wearing these just like long, like these long purple and gold robes that is like walking directly with purpose towards you guys from down that hallway. Um, and it is not looking good at all. Um, but right now your glass carver is, is cutting through. Um, and did you like, how big of a hole are you cutting? I it- Rangrim size because Glenn will fit within Rangrim size. So, so as, as big size, of a tri- so. a Rangrim size triangle. So probably a pretty big triangle because that circle in the middle of the triangle has to be <laughs> big enough for a Rangrim. Yeah, but no Rangrims are not triangle. Triangular. No, no, it's a it's a thick triangle, if you will. <laughs> but an, ar- an armorless Rangrim. That's so fair. No, That's fair. no big pauldrons. That's fair, and he's yeah okay. Um, what can you read me the glass carver on how long it takes to cut? Oh yeah, it, it ain't quick. Uh, <laughs> so I need to do a dexterity. I need a sleight of hand. The DC of the check is equal to eight plus half the number of the actions. How's it? it doesn't tell me how long. <laughs> I don't think there ever was. I think sometimes we probably put the the time in there. No, it has a time. Does it? Uh, well, there is there is for like repairing it, but not for 
I think okay. Um, then then I will say this. Um, I'm roll me uh, roll me that sleight of hand. Let's see uh, let's see how good uh, let's see, let's see how good you sleight of hand. Slice and dice, baby. One more time. Line up to one foot long and an inch. So I'm guessing like an action is a foot. So six seconds a foot, I think is how that works. Sure. If we do it yes. in combat combat terms, then yeah. That makes sense. But then okay. to repair it, it takes, I don't know. That's weird. Um, not bad, coach. Uh, 23. Okay. Um, then, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's... It, uh, at that six seconds a foot, uh, it's it's going. Uh, let's jump back out to Cosmo real quick. Cosmo, you see the outline. Uh, actually, roll me uh, roll me an active perception check. I assume you are looking at this dome yes. very very closely. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I, I just want to I want to clarify. You connect these lines to form a cutout of a shape in the glass. As part of the action to complete this shape, make an dexterity sleight of hand. So the DC for this check is eight plus half a number of actions. So say I did, so if it, if it cuts a foot, a foot at a time, action. it'd be like a two, but it's not per action. Just the initial cut is one action. To repair it takes a minute. So my action would be cut it like just basically, effectively six sides or like six cuts. But yeah. it, it basically just says it's the DC determines if it's successful, but it's just one I action see. to do it. Okay. Okay, so then, uh, then I'll say that like in like you're you're cutting through right now, like it's it's gonna be quick. So let's let's yeah, we'll we'll jump out to uh, we'll jump out to Cosmo. Uh, Cosmo, roll me that perception check. Ooh yeah, uh, perceptive. We are on it with a nineteen. Okay, uh, Cosmo, you swear you see two uh, two small figures uh, poking like kind of up towards the top part, like the the lower part of that dome, like just kind of silhouetted against that flashing red light. Um, and uh, you 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 just see two figures, um, and you like see like the veil, like this almost like magical effect, like dissolving on the inside of the dome um, as you see these two figures that are kind of silhouetted there. Um, does that change anything about what you're doing? Uh, we, I think we try and take off. Uh, Cosmo leans down and kind of tries to psych up the, the donkeys and just, all right, all right, girls, we, we can do this. It's the first time for me, but you've done this a thousand times before. We, let's, let's do this. Let's go save Rangrim. You want to go get Rangrim? Rangrim? Let's go get Rangrim. As we... Okay, roll me, roll me a We're persuasion gonna go see check. Death. <laughs> roll me a persuasion check, with, and I'll see whether or not you get advantage on that uh, animal handling. I love that. Go find Dad. Go find Dad. Uh, what did you want? Persuasion. Persuasion. Oh and yeah, then we'll good. do a uh, animal handling. Oh yeah, twenty-three. Okay, uh, with that, uh, you see them, they kind of start stomping their feet and getting really excited uh, with, as you keep saying Rangrim's name over and over again. Like these are intelligence donkeys at this point. They're like level 45. Um, and <laughs> uh, you get a, so I'm gonna give you advantage on your, uh, on your animal handling check. Okay, 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 okay. let Jakar take over the donkeys if they're level 45. Ooh, nat 20. Oh, I don't even know if there's anything better than that, but well, a nat 21. If you roll, if you roll, if you roll double nat 20s, the donkeys beat Chikar. 
<laughs> the car dissolves uh, underneath uh, underneath their their footsteps. Yeah. So nat twenty, so a twenty one. Okay. Um, that's <laughs> I love that plus one. Um, found Cosmo's weaknesses is animal handling checks. Um, all right. So Cosmo, you uh, I think honestly, without even you needing to do much, these donkeys know know what they're doing with practiced uh, with practice speed. They take off like. And before that, you even get to like the muck at the edge where you fought that uh, that disgusting oblex creature. These things are into the air, and you are like flying up, uh, like with a pretty sharp forty-five degree angle to make sure that you clear uh, the wall in front of you as you're kind of coming in hot at the palace. Um, you are uh, you are headed towards uh, the palace. I'm going to uh, jump back now to uh to glenn and rangram who are inside spinning around still and cutting this uh this circle um you guys are still dealing with the situation where you are you've cut a static hole inside of this thing that uh i think at, we'll we'll start this as the glass falls like falls in towards you basically and falls to the ground and just shatters into a bunch of pieces um i will say that the dome itself has like there are obviously giant windows in it but there are also metal like you know it's metal pieces or you know whatever wood pieces metal stone whatever it is like that is actually uh dividing the window so there's like window frames that are kind of going all the way up in these big kind of uh hexagonal uh windows so there is it's not just like a glass a solid glass dome like a um like a you know a banquet cover or something like that uh you uh so there there is you know potential to like get purchase up there but it will be difficult um but you can see that like there is very very little time because like at every single time this thing turns in a circle you can see that there is just like that column of soldiers being led by that solitary figure are getting incredibly close um so we're on these two we're in a massive terrible carnival ride glenn and rangrim are on opposing bookcases you're uh, about a quarter of the way around the circle away from Glenn. Uh, how many of these like bookcases are there? Like how big is the room? Um, think of uh, think of like any state capitol building where you've seen the giant dome in the center of it. Like think like that scale. But these bookcases are going around the out, like basically lining up with the uh, the circumference of this dome. Okay. Um... I think, I think we said it was like, like 50 or I think we said like 60 feet across at some point with how big it is. It was very large. All right. And these bookcases, just if you were to classify them, are they like small, medium or large objects? <laughs> I would put them as I would put them as large objects because I think that they are at, at a minimum of 10 feet tall. Okay. Um, Rangrim still like back against the wall, like beard whipping around his face, trying to not vomit, like looking at Glenn bussing the hole in the center. Like, uh, um, I have an idea. Oh, and I'm gonna cast animated objects and I'm gonna cause four of the largest bookshelves, um, to animate. I love it. Um, so is there anything that you have to do with animate objects? Um, verbal somatic components. So as long as I could speak and move my hands, I'd be able to. Okay. 
Um, I will say this. I, I'm not going to know you this time, but these are since these are previously enchanted items that moved on their own, I'm going to give you a, uh, you're going to contest the, uh, you're going to contest the other person's spell, um, the existing spell. Um, so I need mm. you to uh, roll me. Fair, fair. Um, would this be better as an arcana check or would this be better as a like spell attack? Same thing as the, uh, I did just get advantage on it as well. So, uh, oh, you're right. It probably would branch. be the same. same oh, as dang the branch. So probably just d20 plus modifier. Um, branch yeah. gave him an advantage on it. So okay, if there yeah, was that's, disadvantage, it was. That's great. So yeah, just let's do that again. I'll, I, I'll set a DC for it, um, and you you do the same thing you did to dispel the dome's magic with advantage. Sure. Um, so that was a 17 plus my spellcasting modifier is a five. So that is a 22. Okay, nice. roll the second one. That's also a 17. So that is another 22. <laughs> hey, um, with, with, a, uh, with a powerful 22, um, Rangram, you are able to do what does not happen, what is not allowed for you to do very often in this campaign. Um, you are able to Fantasia this shit uh, pretty pretty uh, effectively. Um, and describe to me what happens uh, to these bookcases and how they aid you and your friend. Um, so three of them are going to like rip themselves from the wall and like stomp forward towards the middle of the room. While the one closest to Glynn and uh, Rangrim is going to fall towards the wall, bridging the gap between the two bookcases that we are both currently standing on. And then the other three, looking real and posing, are just going to fall towards where that one opening that we saw where the other guards were going to come out from. Okay. Awesome. I love it. Uh, I, <laughs> this is, this is incredible. Um, yeah, I think that you have, uh, you have made a pretty solid barricade, uh, protecting yourselves from this like oncoming force, um, as well as like made a easier passageway for you to get to Glenn. Um, uh, so what is, uh, what's the next, what's the next step here, guys? What, uh, what would you like to do? So was my turn that or like my turn that round finishing the cut or do I have a, I'll say that the, the glass is done at this point. I, I think this would be back to your turn. Okay. So Glenn is going to, uh, I within 30 feet cause I was, um, using my mage hand. So Glenn's going to time it on the rotations. And like when I'm underneath the hole, knowing that Rangram's sort of on his way, Glenn's going to cast Misty step and bamf himself basically to the hole. Like, not not trying to be on the other side of it, but Glenn's just going just to try to on misty it. step and, like, be <laughs> kind of Winnie the Pooh. Like, just, like, half in, <laughs> half out of it, just so, like, he has, like, an anchor point on the glass. Because I don't know what's on the outside of this dome. Oh, um, bother. But, yeah, he's going to just kind of be, like, holding himself up there, maybe, like, dangling legs, but I need to, I need to see what's on the outside of this dome. Okay. Um, you get on... You... you, you... You know, you stick yourself up there, Spider-Man style, or Winnie the Pooh, if you if you so choose. Um, Definitely and choose uh, you, you find yourself. Uh, I mean, you were looking out into a beautiful night sky, uh, and 
a uh, and like you're looking out onto the the roof of the Imperial Palace. Um, and just as you uh, as you're kind of landing in that hole and look outwards, you see a streak of violet light that is heading directly towards you. Yes. Is there a ledge on the outside of it, or is it like it's the dome and then just sheer wall? Um, I'm gonna take a look at our uh, at our beautiful map here and say that it is a um, it is it's like a peaked it's kind of like a it's like a slanted on either side roof okay so there's no like is there anywhere i could grab footing on the outside of the glass um i think not really i mean kind of i mean it's not incredibly slanted so you can just like as long as you can stand on like like a normal house roof you could get purchase on it it's not you're not gonna like slide off the sides um glenn's going to there's a streak of light coming at him um but glenn's going to Okay, I, I think he's just going to use the glass as a shield. He's going to like kind of lower himself and hang from it and hope that whatever this streak of light is either bounces off the glass or shoots through the hole and doesn't hit him. So I'm going to like kind of fall back down in. Okay. Um, Cosmo, uh, you, are, you are flying towards this, uh, towards this dome um, with, uh, you know, with, with the two uh, loyalist donkeys that any campaign has ever seen. Absolutely. Um, and... Uh, I will Max. say, roll me, roll me a. Now that you're higher up in the sky, roll me a perception check. <laughs> it's a three. Okay. Um, you swear you thought you saw someone in, uh, you know, your you thought you saw some figures in that dome, but as you get, you're getting closer. You you don't you see like a weird hole in it, but you don't see anyone. Um, and um, you know, you you don't really see much of anything else on the ground either. No uh, no movement of any kind and. <laughs> You don't see any much of anything. I mean, I think that you're, everything is just kind of like you're not used to being in charge of steering this cart, and it's taking a lot of your attention. Yeah, I uh, I think I would. Rangrim, Glenn, can you hear me? Yes, they can. Mm. Nice alarm going off. Uh, yeah, barely. It's fucking bop, crazy. Bop, <laughs> bop. Uh, oh, by the way, because I cast Misty Step. Um, my visibility has dropped. So oh. basically, Rangrim, and if they can still have eyesight, there's just a, a hooded, all leather guy dangling with his legs, just kind of kicking, trying to like hold onto the, the edge, like not even really trying to spend too much time talking to Cosmo. And Glenn's going to start to pull himself back up and see if there's like another streak of light coming his way, um, just to see if I see anything outside the dome. Okay, um, Cosmo, I'll give you another uh, perception check. <laughs> That's a little bit better. It's a thirteen. Perfect. With a thirteen, I'll, I'll you uh, you see two things. Uh, number one, you see a uh, a very very familiar uh, blonde haired head. Uh, pop up over the edge of that uh, triangular hole that's been cut in the dome that you just passed. Um, kind of as you're passing by it, so you're going to have to make another loop around, but you kind of catch it out of the corner of your eye. Um, imagine that it's on your right-hand side as you're kind of going around this dome. Um, actually, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll say you say one other thing. Um, you see a stream of, uh, of moving figures moving from the Temple of the Seven directly into the palace. Um, and you would recognize the Arbiter leading that charge anywhere. 
Uh, I, I see you guys now. Or somebody. Also, I see an arbiter and a lot of people. You need to get out of there yesterday. Now. I'm trying. Glenn's going to pull himself up and out, and he's going to like now just kind of be laying down, like tummy to the ceiling kind of thing, or tummy to the roof, and he's going to be holding an arm down. It's now or never, bud. We got to go. And he's uh, going to be like holding an arm out for Rangrim to try to like catch him. I don't, I think uh, the only other thing I would say also is um, I think Cosmo is going to try and land the cart. I don't, is there anywhere to land the cart? Is it, I know you said there was a dome. I mean, if Santa Claus can do it, uh, it's, it's like it basically, so if you look at the map, it's a dome, <laughs> it, it's a dome. And then uh, the rest of the roof where the dome, basically the dome goes straight down into the uh and so like once you're outside the dome you are on like this kind of pitched roof essentially like a normal house and just it runs the law the length of the rest of the palace okay with a couple minor smaller domes uh in different sections all right yeah cosmo would try to cosmo's gonna try and and land it uh okay i can yeah roll me an animal handling check Ho ho, motherfucker! Santa Claus, bitch. <laughs> I feel like I've. Hey, okay. Fifteen. Uh, well, you haven't done it many times, and it, it wasn't as smooth as your as your takeoff. Um, but I will say that you are bringing it around, and you feel very confident about the fact that you think you're going to bring it in for landing. I'm gonna while you're doing that though, I'm gonna go back over to Rangrim, who I believe was in the middle of doing something. Do it. Uh, yeah, she's like kind of spinning around this room, uh, just trying to time it to jump and grab. Glenn was leaning over, like holding one hand out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm Rangrim's going to try to time that I... jump, leading a little bit into it as he's coming in the, the forefront to try to almost launch himself towards Glenn's arm. I I love this. And because of that, I'm not going to make you roll a dexterity saving throw. I'm going to have you roll a strength saving throw to, or uh, ath- uh, sorry, athletics to see whether or not you can make this this dive. And then it's going to be a strength saving throw for Glenn. Yeah. Oh, let's go. 16? That's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'll oh, say no. that. <laughs> so this is what happens. Uh, Rangrim, you dive towards uh, towards Glenn, uh, who is a slight individual. And I think that uh, Glenn, your your handhold on this uh, on this 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 in this roof area was not as sturdy as you thought. Um, I will give you two options. You can either let Rangrim go as he's swinging outwards, uh, or you can um, or you can try to make another that uh, you can make it another strength saving throw. And if you if you succeed, you'll catch yourself. If you fail it, you're both going back in. Succeed, you'll catch yourself. Can I uh, counter that with a spell of some kind? If if I have a spell in mind. Yeah. Um, so spell. I was thinking with all the, the spell? Bro- broken glass uh, that kind of like shatter and is slowly falling around us during all this chaos. Um, Glenn's going to cast. Maximilian Earth and Grasp and 
create like a glass hand that just protrudes from the side of the bookcase and gives just the chance for Rangrim to fall back to the same height because he's not like, I'm going to roll, I have a plus zero to my strength. So it's still going to be spinning, but the hand is going to still like keep Rangrim at like the height that he was, not let him like fall okay. all the way back down. Uh, how about this? I, I want to, as, as the visage of Rangrim landing on a shattered glass hand is, is pretty rough. How about we make it out of like, like books and pages and, and well, things like that? I wouldn't keep it sharp. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't make it edge. Like it would, it would just be like a, a smooth, I was thinking like okay. a, a picturesque, like beautiful, okay. like almost I think that's, crystalline hand. I, 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 let's, we can roll with that. Yeah. It's, that's less, uh, uh, that's less saw of us to do. Yeah, just cuts him in half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just falls and dies. Just taking the material that's and it. reshaping it into uh, a, like a, a smooth hand. No, I love that. But uh, Glenn would just, I'm going to fail that next strength check, I promise you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, hey, I totally respect that. Um, you, guys can, you guys can hear there are uh, blasts of uh, what sound like, like magical explosions that seem to be uh, emanating from behind that barricade of bookcases. Uh, has Cosmo landed yet? Is he like next uh, to Glenn yet? Uh, Cosmo, you're bringing it in for a landing. Roll me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, shoot. And we're okay at these. Oh, heck yeah. We rolled well. Uh, 24. Cosmo, you are, you catch it out of the corner of your eye and you are able to jerk the cart like to the side just in time to uh, avoid a massive ballista bolt that shoots <laughs> right past you um, that is coming from the, uh, the outer walls um, of the palace. Uh, not on the palace itself, but like the outer protective walls that run around it. Um, you can see that they're in the darkness. There are there must be teams that are taking taking aim at you um, as this illuminated item that is flying onto the top yeah. of the palace. But with, with able to dodge that and you come to like skittering, sliding stop, uh, basically right in front of this hole on top of the uh, uh, on top of the dome or not on top on top of the palace in front of the hole on the dome. But you are in a precarious situation because you are absolutely just like a sitting duck now. And uh, so let's go back to uh, Rangrim and Glenn real quick. How are you going to solve this? If, if Glenn sees Cosmo, he's going to call Cosmo over. So how close did he land next to Cosmo? Or sorry, how close uh, did Cosmo land next to Glenn? Uh, I think he's uh, I think he's within 15 feet of the uh, the opening that you've cut into the dome. Okay, so yeah, Glenn is going to like yell out to Cosmo, be like, "We need more muscle." Come over here. Rangram's going to jump up and grab your hand, but he's spinning, so he might also throw up on you. Like, I'll take care of the ballistas. <laughs> and Glenn's going to just, like, turn around and, like, still kind of leaning up against it. He's going to pull his air render and take a shot at where the ballistas... He, I'm guessing he's seeing, like, torches and people, like, yelling and shit. He's, it's quite literally a shot in the dark, but he's just going to launch a shot at uh, these people. Totally. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give them half cover in the darkness. Uh, so I believe that that's uh, is what you. It, I need to look at the disadvantage if they have half cover. Okay, so yeah, just you roll with disadvantage then. Also, the, depending on the range, too. Are they outside of? Well, shit, six hundred feet. No, they're not outside of six hundred feet, which yeah, is incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's so far. 
Uh, disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not great. Thirteen to hit. Okay. Um, you you do not. Uh, I'll say no. This you you hit one. You hit one dude. You hear like a just like you, like, <laughs> and you just hear like a. And like one guy falls off the wall, um, but you can still see there is like a team and there. And as you look around, Glenn, um, roll me a perception check, actually. Uh, Sajikor, sorry. 18, you said? Yeah, 18 on the perception. I was going to say, okay. Sajikor says half cover is a plus two to AC. Oh. Yeah, that's correct. Good to know. Okay, we'll do that for the next one. Unless yeah, we want anyway. to re-roll it, but nah, it'll, no, we'll, we'll just do fine. it for the next one. Glenn um, is okay. purely just trying to slow down the space at which they shoot him. He's yeah. not even worried about hitting any of them. He's just... I, yeah, honestly, uh, I'm just with the darkness anyway. I'm just going to say it's disadvantage on shooting them instead of they're not behind technically anything anyway. So we'll just go with disadvantage. Um, but Bobby, uh, I don't so... know if you heard, but Glenn called Cosmo over to help Rangram out of the hole. Cosmo basically would... traded places. Cosmo would absolutely come help Cosmo. Or what am I saying? Cosmo's gonna help Cosmo. Um, I'll uh, let me. So before you say what you're gonna do, uh, there, uh, Cosmo helping Cosmo. I'm going to. Uh, so with the 18, uh, Glenn, you can see that with horror, you take notice of there are at least three teams working on three separate ballistas. Uh, the one in the middle is the one that's reloading currently. Um, that is not of, of immediate danger, but there are at least two others that uh, that seem to be more at the ready to fire. Um, and uh, that those are uh, more of immediate danger. So, uh, but Cosmo, uh, what would you like to do? <clears throat> um, okay, so Glenn calls me over to help. I immediately jump off the cart and run over to the gaping hole of a triangle that's there and look down to try and help my friend. Is he, he's on the mage hand of, or the, and it's spinning it's around giant glass mage. Hand. It's like a giant reverse roulette. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's do this again. Uh, Rangram, roll me an athletics check to do the jump. Uh, Cosmo roll me a strength saving throw to catch him. 17. Perfect. Damn. Strength saving throw. Yep. Bad. Uh, 16. Okay. Uh, you are able to grab onto Rangrim's arm and hold him, uh, hold him steady as like the room spins beneath him. Finally, Rangrim, you are not spinning. You are actually like stationary in air. And it almost probably feels weird at this point because you've been spinning for so long. Um, but I think with, uh, uh, Cosmo, roll me an athletic check real quick. Uh, all of it. 23 23 plus a bunch um you uh you are able to just like i think you just like push your feet against the side of this dome and like lean back with both arms and just rip rangrim through this hole uh both of you kind of tumbling back onto this uh this kind of pitched roof um as the three of you uh glenn roll me a dexterity saving throw happily that is landed in my pencil slot uh 20 nope yes 21 glenn you dive oh actually how how would you uh how would you dodge an incoming missile of gigantic size 
<laughs> well, as I normally do, um, with the 21. In this flavor. economy? In this <laughs> economy. Uh, Glenn is going to uh, just taking real inspiration from Rush Hour 2. He is going to just jump and time it so it just sticks in and he lands on the ballista. You, you jump yes. up and land on this ballista that has impaled sideways through your cart. It has gone, it has not hit the donkeys, but it has pierced its way straight through and is now like, it's, it's on the other side also. It's gone straight through the, basically the feet of the side of the cart. Um, and you are standing on this, uh, this quivering, uh, just like, and you see it, it is barbed, it is nasty. And they are like, uh, a, of like a metal, like a solid, solid metal, um, that these things are probably a good eight feet long. Okay. So Glenn saw one shoot at him and then he just got shot by the second one. So Glenn knows there's a third one inbound. Yes. Glenn using his steady aim. So giving myself advantage because I'm not moving anywhere. He's going to take another shot, and he's going to aim specifically at the guy who is about to pull the lever. Okay, he's, I love he's it. He's calling his shot kind of thing. So half, but like in a half cover, so uh, still it's, it's a plus two AC, right? Disadvantage. Oh. Okay, well, because they're in the darkness. gives me advantage, okay, so that so should be a straight roll. Yep, exactly. Oh, balls. Uh, yeah. It's not going to hit. It's like a 13 again. Two plus 11. Yeah, 13. I rolled a two. Okay, another uh, another like uh, you, you don't know whether it was the I'll, actually you know what I'll do here. Um, I'm gonna say that there are four people working on this. Uh, Wait, can, I'm going, can I can I choose who I hit? Can I hit that weird ass fucking farmer that was just like sowing the fields at midnight that one night that was just randomly out there just well it's just I was over the part wall of the people's militia now. The uh, you could totally hit that guy. I was gonna give you a one in four chance of hitting the guy who was gonna pull the lever. Uh, with a two, I'd rather hit the guy out in the field because I think that's bad in all of this. <laughs> Pretty sure okay. he's the bad guy. You, uh, you, you hear uh, this this thing like shoot off into the distance, not even hitting anyone on the wall. You just hear a, oh, I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist: His kids were actually the ones that we killed on top of the makeout point. So you know, we've just thank you for the, the whole sweet release <laughs> from my hell. Is that you? I'll see the I'll see them on the other side. Oh my god. Oh getting darker. Um right. Well uh we gotta go. Things are shooting at us. Come on, Rangrim. Let's go. Oh, oh I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm I'm coming. Uh hold on. As his last command for animate objects before I get out of range. I'm going to tell all the bookcases to stand up once the book stops, once the room stops spinning. And then when anyone else walks into the room, they all just fall over. <laughs> so they're trap bookcase. You've activated my trap bookcase. You've actually, yep. You've, act <laughs> you've activated my trap library. Knowledge <laughs> <laughs> um, is power. That's, that's incredible. Um, I, I love that. Okay. So, um, you uh yeah that's that that trap has been laid um what are the rest of you doing um pulling Rangrim in the direction of the cart that's what yes, i'm yes pull yep very dizzy if very he, dizzy if he resists cosmo runs to the driver's seat and begins to put the cart in motion 
Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the cart is fun in full functioning manner uh, with now some cool pegs sticking out of the side of it, thanks to that, <laughs> uh, thanks to that uh, giant ballista bolt. Um, but uh, yeah, so who is, who's driving and uh, what's, the, uh, what's the plan of attack here or plan of escape? I mean, Cosmo in urgency would just jump right back into the seat while Rangrim is going and he would just get the cart moving, um, headed okay. towards, I don't know, trying to think of the directional, like where I was, like to just grab him on the way. Like, if you're not gonna move, I'll bring it to you because we're out of here. <laughs> okay. Uh, where would Glenn be uh, getting onto? Where are you guys getting onto the cart? I guess wanna know where everyone's sitting gonna go on top of the cart as he usually would and just grab onto the, the little rope setting situation that he's got up there and kind of ride the bull um on the top and i i have an action for like once we take okay my action totally i think um, ring would have being pulled up by cosmo would have climbed up right into the front of the cart where he would normally sit except cosmo is now taking the reins because he's got a real bad case of the spins right now that's 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 I very understandable. Um, okay, uh, Cosmo, roll me that. Uh, roll me. Yeah, let's say because Rangram's with you now, I'm gonna say animal handling check with advantage. Cool. Thank you. Like to think the donkeys were like all jumping, excited to see yeah. Rangram, like a puppy. Totally. <laughs> and I think that they're scared by this. That ballista bolt uh, really kind of was like they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, animal handling uh, 15. Okay. Uh, you are able to, uh, like, you know, kind of catching air off the uh, off the peak of this roof and kind of uh, Rangram jumping on as you kind of lead, uh, like drive past everyone, kind of collecting up your entire team and then uh, assuming the positions that they described. Uh, you are able to get this into the air. Um, uh, I, how do I want to do this? Um, Glenn, you had an action, um, but I'm going to say as you're like uh, simultaneously with your action, you, the three of you hear another chunk as a third, uh, a third ballista bolt is loosed in your direction as you're gaining, uh, as you're gaining altitude, but are like not out of range as of this, at, at this time. Um, so simultaneously, uh, Glenn, what is your action? Yeah. So, uh, that is Perfectly. Um, he's holding onto the rope. Glenn's gonna pull Chandrell. He's gonna stake Chandrell into like the back of the cart, like a like off, on the top of it, but kind of like pointed off the back in the, the tip of Chandrell. He's gonna cast darkness. So there's a 15 foot cube, or sorry, 15 foot foot sphere covering the glowy cart part, but not the donkeys or the drivers. So now it just looks like this somehow a seated person and two donkeys flying through the air but all the all the light <laughs> from the cart is now it's hidden. it's like it's like the opposite of a glow bug like a light lightning bug yeah. <laughs> with like, just a big glowing ass on it and like the, <laughs> the big, stars dark the stars ass, behind yeah. it keep dark disappearing yeah they're not invisible by any means but it's they're not glowing anymore. it's half covered uh, i'm gonna get <laughs> uh i'm gonna get yeah that is that's actually true half cover um, probably three quarters cover actually, uh, but I'm going to, so I will do this. I will give it three quarters cover um, and I will roll their attack um, on you. Oh, that's incredibly good. Um, 
That is a 19. Um, and then I don't know what the cart. Yeah, I, the cart's gonna have lower AC than that. Um, it's like 10, I think, um, plus like three quarter cover, which is gonna be like a plus three, I think. Um, so this thing is incoming at the cart. Um, is there anything anyone else of the three of you want to do? I think Cosmo's kind of engaged with driving. So I guess it would be up to Rangrim if you see this bolt incoming, uh, is there anything you wanted to do? Um, in <laughs> that bitch. Yeah, super rogue Rangrim and his dizzy spell here and it just flying towards him. Uh, Cosmo, watch this. And I'm going to try to guiding bolt it out of I the I love air. it. I mean, nothing sobers happens. you up. Nothing, nothing straightens you out like uh, like your like your uh, your faithful donkeys being in danger. So uh, roll me that guiding bolt. What level is guiding bolt? Uh, I just went with second level, uh, and I rolled a thirteen. So that's a twenty-two with my plus nine spell attack. Oh, uh, oh. you are able to like you you watch this. And uh, in a in a true hold your hold my beer fashion, you uh, you just this thing like you see it light up for a second, and then it just explodes in like in a almost like a firework in the air um, as you all are making your uh, making your escape um, from this uh, uh, from you know this palace this whole thing that's happening and you don't like you you were able to get far enough out of range pretty quickly um, so that it doesn't seem like. You know they can take another shot at you. Everyone, roll me perception checks. We're headed out of range here. Is that what you said? Yes. Oof. Yeah. Twenty-one. Fourteen. Yes. Rolled a thirty-twenty. Hey. Um. Okay. Glenn, what did you, you rolled a 21? Okay. I think these are all very important things uh, because Rangram, you're in the passenger seat. Like you're, you're, you're looking at this, you know, even though you rolled the lowest, like you're not really in control of the driving the cart and you're not really on top of the cart. You're in a position that is like, you're basically just kind of along for the ride. Cosmo, Glenn, you just, You've seen a lot of weird things and you kind of have learned over these years to kind of trust your instincts. And even though you can't see anything in front of you, you feel like there is something that you are like, that is in front of you. And if you don't turn this cart quickly to avoid it, you are going to collide with something um, that you cannot see. Um, and I'm going to give uh, Cosmo a dexterity saving throw. 12. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, uh, Cosmo, you go to turn the cart. Um, you go to turn the cart and you kind of just pull it down into a kind of like dive, like just pretty abruptly. Uh, Rangrim, you're you're able to hold on. I'm not gonna make you roll a dexterity save because you're like sitting um, and not in a position where you'd fall. Um, but Glenn, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw, um, but it's gonna be at disadvantage because of your current positioning on the top of the cart. 
but I'm holding rope and my double-bladed simcar staked into it. Into it the card. It's going to be very clear in a second here why it's a disadvantage if if you roll very badly. Okay. Well, one. Uh, fifteen. Okay. With practiced, like you just, you have learned so many times when fighting Chandrell with the amount of times that she had you put on a blind, that you even put your blindfold on and you've been able to, to fight blind. You basically just drop onto your back in like, just like a basically limbo king, full, like <laughs> almost getting completely horizontal. And you just like, you feel your the tip of your nose like skim across the bottom of something that you swear is huge and scaly. Um, and as you guys just dive down like below it, you hear just like a, that's that very familiar like screeching roar that you would associate with Jakar as um, you basically just like narrowly avoid literally colliding in with it in midair. Um, what is your plan uh, for escape uh, and what do you want to do? Uh, Glenn takes a shot. Glenn pulls his air render like on his back and just shoots the direction that this tail was flying past it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Roll me. Uh, roll me at disadvantage. So you are shooting back out of darkness after I just took a deep dive. As a player, I'm like, "Fuck!" Shooting. Well, he's doing it again. Glenn, Glenn's got a curiosity, and this is about to answer it. Uh, 18 to hit. Um, that does not hit. Uh, so you you shoot back. I think. I mean, you are. In darkness, you are shooting through backwards through darkness and, and an invisible creature, and um, it's an incredible shot. You are your instincts are are honed like incredibly well, uh, but even with that, uh, this this thing's evasion is or whatever is just you are unable to uh, to penetrate it. Um, and this this arrow, like you don't know whether it makes contact or not because you cannot see because you are in the darkness club. <laughs> so. Um, the it's, farmer was like just pulling himself up. He's like, uh, actually, I think I'm going to keep going. And it just hits him again. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to see you now, Jeffrey. Go see you now. <laughs> I had a chance. Apparently, a chance. we're going to go see Jeffrey. Yeah, you know, y'all y'all going to y'all gonna go to Jeffrey tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Cosmo, uh, you're you're in charge of driving here, uh, but obviously everyone else has input. And Rangram, you can take the reins if you want to. Uh, what is uh, what is your plan? Uh, you are in dire straits. <laughs> uh, Rangram, I still don't think has any idea what happened. <laughs> That's true. He's still just like spinny, like he just got off a carnival ride. Has no idea that uh, big bad evil dragon monster thing. Just teabagged Glenn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we? I mean, I would. Other than like balancing, like leveling off the cart. That's priority one. Uh, and then back to flying straight, clear away from the city. I, I mean, so that's the question. Like, are you trying to just head? out of the city and leave the city completely or are you trying to land in the um, city at all? I think I would probably at least want to 
get outside of the city limits. Um, just, well, I guess, all right. I was going to say, all, all you guys could chat about this too. I think that that's only fair. Uh, fellas, uh, I'm thinking we just try and take a low profile and uh, maybe camp, uh, camp outside of the city uh, tonight. Thoughts? Yeah, oh, I, I think I think a low profile is a good, a good idea. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I uh, think we can probably just start heading towards Drifton if that's where we're gonna meet. Uh, Bryn and Callahan. I think we just leave. We just leave. I mean, I mean, did you, did you at least get what you intended to uh, try and steal from the uh, whatever? The book? Did you get the kid's book? Flynn, Flynn checks his pocket. Do I still have the book? <laughs> you do. You do, yeah. Better. Well, no, it, fe it fell out. It fell out uh, when, uh, when yeah, it, it, it fell out and Shikar ate it, actually. With, ate with this much noise, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Baron's going to be come looking for me before uh, we have to go looking for him. So let's just get the fuck out of here. Right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I agree. All right. All right, Cosmo. I can I can see straight now. All right, I'll take the reins there, champ. It, well, Make they... sure nothing big and scary like flies towards us, because that would suck. Well, welcome to about twenty seconds ago, mate. I'm glad you weren't here for it. I mean, I was here. Did something bad happen? Yeah, well, you know, one would say he got Glenn got sack tapped by uh, Chikar there. <laughs> I'll say. I think my nose sack tapped Chikar. All right, I mean, you guys are not putting as much emphasis on the get the fuck out of Dodge that I, I thought maybe we should need in that situation. I thought just, you know, running from the Emperor and all the Arbiters because we just broke into his bedroom and, like, stole his favorite book was bad enough. Oh, but that evil thing that lives inside our friend also that wants to kill us was just hanging out too. I mean, and you guys are like, maybe we should leave. Oh, I don't, I don't. I hope I didn't stutter when I said we should get the fuck out of here. I, yeah, I, no, yeah. Mm -hmm. Out of the way, Magoo, and he's gonna scooch Cosmo out of the way. Cosmo falls off the cart and it dies. <laughs> <laughs> and dies. Uh, no, I only oh. said maybe because, wait, well, you know, I wasn't a part of the agreement uh, with the uh, Baron. Whatever. You, you do whatever you want. I want to get as far away from Gold Break as allowed. And if that means going all the way to Drifting, then we go. So we could just send a message yep. to Callahan and have him bring anything that we left behind. Him and sure. I mean, or just be as uh, unequipped, you know, connectable to us as possible would also be ideal. Yeah, absolutely. One arm way ahead of you, and I'm gonna cast sending to Callahan and Bryn. And it's hey, it's Rangrim. Bring all of our shit to Drifting. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, I don't even know if you, I, you get a confirmation from them. Basically, I don't know if we have. They like your message. Yeah, they like the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the equivalent of liking your message from Callahan and Bryn. Uh, no, Bryn, Bryn likes it. Callahan leaves it on red. <laughs> yeah, Callahan, 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 Callahan,
um incredible i love it um awesome okay so you guys are heading towards drifton um looking at the map um um so anyone on the stream we are looking at or actually who's watching also on uh spotify where we are in video format um area one here um is where we are currently at which is goal break um, and our, our sweet, sweet boys, uh, who are going to be heading south, uh, sounds like the plan, um, to location 27, which is, uh, oh, kind yeah. of south, southeast, uh, a bit there, um, to, towards Drifton, um, which is where they, they had decided to meet up with Callahan and Bryn, who have a way of, uh, immediately teleporting themselves there, uh, via, via magic. Terrific. Um, Awesome. I mean, it's going to be a multi-day journey, uh, even in, even by flying. Uh, so, I mean, I think that by the time, I mean, you guys are already up at night. Um, so you guys can either can try taking like rotational. Well, I guess it's gonna, you'll have to, you'll have to land during the day. So, um, I guess probably by then, I think that you're going to be looking at, um, maybe somewhere on the Eastern shore of, um, of Amber Falls. Uh, I, I'm probably going to say that I think that that's where you'll probably be landing, um, by that to like, by the time it, it becomes daylight. Uh, so, I mean, if, or wherever you want to go, uh, but that's, that's kind of like, if you were taking as the crow flies, as the Poe flies, that's where you would, um, uh, that's where you would be kind of at where by the time you'd be getting a daybreak when you need to land. Uh, yeah, I think we're, Glenn's going to, as we're starting to like land, be like, I think we stay out of any towns for the time being, because I think they can uh, relay some messages about a glowing flying cart pretty quickly. Um, maybe we switch the wheels for the next few days. We probably need to mend this giant hole in the side of it, too, because thankfully they gave us a bunch of materials. Uh, but yeah, I think we need to maybe lay low for a little bit before we head off to actually get into drifting proper yeah also note for the ac of the cart it should be higher than a 10 because we had what's his face and madge build plate armor around it that's Granted, fair. a ballista can probably still go through it but uh, I, yeah no i i yeah you're no you're, you're totally right 10. it rolled a strong yeah. 19 any old flying doggy cart that's fair. So I, like, I how think, are we going to fix the metals? Like, oh, they gave us more metal. <laughs> let's let's up it to a let's up it to like by by fifty percent. So we'll up it by, by to to fifteen. That seems then. fair. I mean, you rolled one shy of a nat twenty on my yeah, on our super card high. So yeah. I'm not mad about it at all. Um, yeah, set up camp and start repairs. Is all Glenn thinks. I don't know, Cosmo. Rangram. Did we find a place to? I was working on some stuff. Sorry, I'm like kind of behind You're, the scenes here. Have we landed? There's yet? a there's there's a wooded area on the eastern shores of Amber Falls. Uh, so I, I think that that's I mean, sounds like that's where you guys kind of put down in that area. You'd be protected, uh, and you would you'd be able to put your back to the water, uh, which would be a little bit more protected. Um, once we have landed, Brangram absolutely would have gone to work using. Uh, mending and as well as my like forge blessings through because it was a multi-day journey you said this is this would be the first like first day like you guys had done this, this the in the middle day. of the night yeah so this it's only been like six hours 
Okay, so using some mending, I would have just taken the, obviously the ballista bolt out of the cart and like mended the holes around it. And then once we were able to rest, which I assume we would mm -hmm. at some point, um, I would have used my, you know what, I'm just going to go right with it and we're just going to use Fabricate. And before we go to bed, I'm going to use Fabricate and I'm going to use that ballista and I'm going to retrofit it to be fired from one of our cannons below the cart by Glenn's hat. I think you could probably make uh, three shots out of that one big ballista if you want to make it smaller because it's an eight foot ballista bolt. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I retrofit it like however it would work. Mm -hmm. yep, so you get three, so, yep. three shots out of it um, at that point. Bedtime? Nap time? Yeah. Let me, let me click the long rest button. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we want to go. We want to go in the nights. Okay, Lynn um, needs it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that you guys are uh, able to take uh, take a long rest. Obviously, I think I mean during normal traveling during the uh, traveling during the night and sleeping during the day kind of travel. Yep. Whoever wants to take, uh, you know, obviously three long rests or three three watches. So uh, whoever wants to take those, uh, just roll for perception. Uh, I'll do the first well, one. I'm just uh, one added thing. Using some of the excess metal, can I attach a chain to one of the ballista bolts? Oh, totally. I think you just have, I think you have like chains lying around. I think back in the day you had like manacles and a bunch of other stuff too. I think you get some, oh, some yeah. spare chains. You also have like 70 doorknobs. Yeah. Your inventory. Brass chains linked together, these doorknob yeah. chains. It's just beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah so one, one of them has a cable on it. For no reason, just I in case. It. I love it. Going full, uh, full land speeder on it. Mm -hmm. Full Hoth battle. Um, okay, so Glenn, roll your uh, roll your perception. Uh, eighteen. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you you get through your watch. Um, you don't really notice anything. I think that you this is a quieter side of Amber Falls. Like, you know that, you know, just from living in Skull that there is a city called Amber Falls that is actually over the edge of the, it's where it's on the other side of the waterfall. So you guys are up on the upper cliff, um, like area right now. So you're not near the cliff where you can like oversee anything, but, um, you know, that this area is like much more, it, it's almost more of like a riparian area kind of thing. Like this is, this is not like a, high commerce area um, and there's not a lot of reason for people to come around here um, the only city that that fishes on amber falls is actually on the other side um, of of the amber falls uh, body of water okay. and then during this time um i'd like want to telepathically check in with poe and just kind of uh, see where he is yeah um you check in with poe and um is there a range on that or is it you just to check in like a feeling effect effectively like so if it's anything like uh steed it's a mile if if you want to just go off it just being a feeling um i will say that you get the feeling that uh they they send you back that they are they seem happy and it's because they are headed back your way okay. send well wishes yeah because I, I can even communicate with it while it's in the fable oh. like realm too okay um, there's a range on it. Okay, yeah, that's that's fine. Um, I will say this: it, I think you're able to communicate to it um, that you are no longer in in Goldbreak, uh, and it it like I think that that 
that takes like I think it was almost back to goal break and now it's having to follow you guys south um but I think that that's basically because it was Rockdale was north so it's having to now go further um so okay. I think that that's the, the situation you find yourself in but it's on its way to you having completed its mission England is going to uh walk up to Cosmo and shake him awake and it's it's your turn for watch and Glenn's just gonna like very exhaustedly hunker down okay uh, Glenn uh, did you do it like did, during your watch did you um like is there anything that you did um kind of need Poe for it so okay, uh, Glenn, no Glenn wrote a letter but I won't tell you what that's that fine. letter says until post back that's fine okay Cosmo you've been uh, shaken awake Oh, I I don't remember agreeing to this, but that that's fine. All right, whatever. Uh, and I guess I would come in to come up to do watch. I don't know. Okay. Whatever that means. Roll me a perception check. Yeah, just roll me a perception. Okay. Perception. The only chair that's currently full. What's that? So you're the only chair that currently has a body in it, so I couldn't really ask Rangram to do it. That's fair. That's fair. Unfortunate. <laughs> Is it ten? I I don't know if I could just take my passive at eleven. I mean, you uh, you're you're looking around, and um, I think that I don't know what would Cosmo be distracted by. Uh, you're you're distracted by something. Uh, what what would that be? Um, maybe the gold coin. It's not really. I don't know. Something. Something okay. Roll me a roll me a history check. Eighteen. Something about it is different. There is. It does not seem to be as defaced as some of the previous coins that you found. Um, it is the same same kind of coin, same t- dark tungsten kind of metal, like this like dark gray, uh, and it's like you know, kind of like you know. Two inches in diameter. It's big, uh, big coin uh, or medallion or whatever. Um, but something is different about this, and something is like nagging at you about something. It's connecting, and you don't know if it's because you connect these coins with Glenn, these these medallions with Glenn. Mm-hmm. But something recently is it, you're is connecting uh, between something you that that you saw Glenn doing or saw some Glenn with something that reminds you of this this like. Just seeing something, this this like symbol or sigil or whatever on this coin is that's not scratched away just as much as the other ones were. Um, and something something's kind of getting at you there. Uh, and there's some connection. I don't think I would do anything about it, but that's my sense of distraction. Okay. Um, you make it through the night, and uh, I mean, you're not generally paying attention. If there had been dangers, they probably would have been uh, not. It would not potentially have been good for you guys. But it seems like you were lucky, and uh, you make it through the night, maybe realizing that maybe you should pay a little bit more attention next time that you have watched. Like, whoa, that flew by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you 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 realize that the uh, you know it's it's time to uh, tag in another one of your of your boys. Um, but knowing Glenn doesn't sleep. Uh, the same amount of time, uh, he would be fully rested at this point uh, in his trance, and you can either wake up Rangrim or Glenn. And if Glenn's getting awake, I would just be like, "Well, you want me to wake up the other dwarf? Or are you good? You're still no, I can. Uh, I I can take this one. He was pretty 
spun around on that one. Probably might be still dreaming in circles. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take final. Appreciate that. I, I feel like Rangrim's making like like dog dream noises over in his seat in the car. Like, Cedric, dick. Isn't it cute when he kicks? Uh, this time, Glenn's gonna do it since it's, it's we are out like in nature. He's gonna go more auditory this time. So, kind of just sitting on top of the cart, maybe even like eyes closed, just kind of in a meditative state. But he's gonna be listening for anything that might be like breaking the tree line towards towards the cart. Okay. Um, I wow. think that twenty-four. Uh, yeah. So, with the twenty-four, um, I think you're. I think, I mean, obviously the thing you guys are all worried about is, you know, the unseen monster that, you know, was whether or not that thing was tailing you. Um, but surprising all of you, it does not show up this this day. Um, and you all, like, you get to the end of your watch, Glenn, uh, complete, like, very much on edge listening for anything. Um, and aside from a few fish jumping and maybe some, uh, you know, some some animals that are kind of walking around, uh, maybe you think like one time it's like one's a little bit bigger than it maybe, you know, should have been. And then you see like a, a bear walking by with like a small cub um, that kind of just is like looking for fish along the uh, the, the banks of the of the body of water. Um, but you all are able to make it through and it's the stun, like the sun starts to set again and you see the, uh, the cart ablaze with its violet light um, as Rangrim, you kind of wake up and um, you all are able to set, uh, get ready to set back out on a, another leg of your journey. I think, uh, I think this leg we should just keep to the ground and maybe turn off the, the underglow. What do you guys think? I mean, I think that's fair, but, um, Hold that thought. And Rangrim's going to pull out the giant ballista bolts that he had retrofitted for the cannon. Because if, if I remember correctly, the turret below the cart can pivot directly like, you know, not uh, like, it's not a full 360. Well, yeah, 360 yeah. left, right, It's an omnidirectional cannon, basically. it's it, it can go in like anything below the cannon. So like essentially like a dome underneath. Okay. So Ringroom has that one retrofitted. So when we're on the ground, that bolt could be fired directly out in front of the cart and yep. like go between the donkeys and just mark something. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you may not want to shoot it directly through the donkey's legs, but you, you could shoot it at a slightly lower angle and, and like, you know, a 2% angle and it wouldn't hit them for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, before we go, look, look at this thing. That'll show them to shoot this kind of stuff at us. I think that's going to come in handy next time Shakar decides to fly by us and try to take us out. Definitely. Oh, and um, and in case you, and if you can hit him, I actually know it's probably a bad idea. <laughs> I'll put a really long chain on one of them too, like fishing for giant demons. Yeah, I'm in. Called a Sakali and Sleigh Ride or something. See, the branding is starting to rub off. I love it. Uh, yeah, let's let's get trodden. I think we we take our time on this one because, I mean, Brent and Callahan are probably already there. 
uh, yeah, I think we we just kind of kill some time and maybe have a, a relaxing trip for the first time in forever down to drifting. We're, I think a couple of days out. So yeah, Road. I mean, probably won't want to really fly for a little bit. Uh, I mean, I imagine they'll be able to uh, get word out for a purple glowing cart, but uh, ground seems like the safest place for us in a while. I agree. So I don't know who can turn off the blue, the purple lights, but can someone turn down the purple lights? Yeah, I think that just being on the ground, um, I, I think that, I mean, and we've canonically, uh, kind of loosely canonically allowed you to turn off the underglows before. So I think that uh, Rangrim is just has the ability to uh, kind of communicate with the, uh, communicate with the dark steel in a way that is, he's able to turn them off. I'll, 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 let's canonize that. The Rangrim's the only one that can turn off the underglows. Yeah, you got to squish the, uh, the, the poop emoji that's hanging from the dash in the front. <laughs> Yeah, and then it shuts off all the underglow. Shiver legs, donkeys. <laughs> That's a horse. That's true. That is. I, I I realized my air guys. Listen, I'm so sorry. I I've just uh, I've just compromised the integrity of this entire campaign by doing <laughs> a horse noise instead of a donkey or mule noise. Uh, the verisimilitude is just out the window right now. I can't. To be fair, though, one of them is a mule, so maybe it does make that noise. <laughs> Hee-haw. Um, uh, what are you guys doing? As you were. <laughs> I think we're still getting in the cart and fucking going. Well, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. What, what's up? What's up? What is everyone's, uh, you know, uh, what is everyone's stance here? Where, what's everyone, how, how's everyone riding around in this cart? Um, and, you know, what's, where is everyone riding on it? And what, what is everyone doing? I'm uh, Rangrim's taking up the reins for sure. Cosmo okay. is on high alert, ready for combat. <laughs> Lynn's, He's Lynn's holding his action. Top. Yeah. Okay. Attacks anything that comes to the tree line. Uh, Glynn's <laughs> posted up top and uh, yeah, just kind of waiting for you know, Poe's flying in. He's, he's got something he wants to basically send Poe right back out on another errand, but he's just waiting for the time being. Okay. Um, this is a leading question, and I'm 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 not trying to railroad you, so please feel free to say no. Cosmo, are you going to uh, talk to Glenn at all, or show anyone the coin? Oh yeah, I'm sure, absolutely. I appreciate okay. the opportunity. Um, I would just be like, well, I know we've seen about a half dozen of these things at this time, but uh, I found one, and he just shows it to Glenn. Okay. Um, Glenn, you, you take this, this, you know, this thing, I assume probably in a mage hand, no, having your experience with these, uh, with these medallions in the past, where when you touch them with your skin, they, uh, they seem to have the ability to uh, teleport your mind places. Yep. And body sometimes. Uh, you, you take this coin from Cosmo and... You're looking at it, and just like Cosmo, you notice there's something different about this. It is not as damaged, not as defaced, almost like it was done in more of a hurry. And you're looking at it, and it just clicks for you. You've seen this this sigil before. 
because you just read an entire book about this sigil. Because the sigil on the front of this coin is unmistakably the family crest of the Goldbreak family. And that is where we're going to leave the episode tonight. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.